Hello everybody, and welcome to the Change of Perspective podcast, where we look at the world of creativity and art from many different perspectives. I am your host, Lizzie Lovejoy, artist of Change for Arc, creating work to celebrate the Northeast. Today, our topic is women in creativity, and I'll be talking to Paige and Beth. Hello everybody, and welcome back to A Change of Perspective. I'm Lizzie Lovejoy, and today I will be talking to Betty and Paige. Hi! So, how are you guys doing? And uh, tell us a bit about yourselves. Oh, well, thanks for having us, Lizzie. It's really good to talk to you, and I haven't spoke too much since uni, so it's nice catching up. But at the minute, me and Beth are in the middle of promoting our exhibition for International Women's Day. So it's called Let Us Eat Cake. We're really excited. We've been wanting to work together for ages because we both just absolutely buzz off each other's work. And the aim of it is just to promote as many female artists with a focus on working class local artists. But it is inclusive to anyone who identifies as female as well. And we're going to be having the digital launch on the 8th because of everything that's going on restriction wise. We're hoping to have the physical launch later through the year, maybe the summer. We don't want to get too optimistic, but we are really excited about it still. Yeah. So... Hello, um, doing good. Yeah, just really excited to be finally working with Paige. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and we're just organising loads of exciting things for the exhibition. And we've had loads of fantastic submissions so far. So it's going to be exciting to maybe even make two exhibitions out of it, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, and then we've just been chatting about lots. We just keep spitballing lots of ideas and lots of new things that we want to do don't we so it's, gonna be it's great I love it it's coming from it <laughs> oh it, I mean it all sounds fantastic and I, I can't wait to to see everyone's work and everything just want to ask a little bit about the kind of work that you produce yourself what kind of uh, subject matters do you work with what kind of mediums do you work with yeah well I'm primarily a collage artist but I do do illustrations I love I've done illustration at uni I think did you do the same course that I did Beth? textiles and design at uni yeah yeah so I mean I, well, I got really into collage I mean when I was a kid I used to love like scrapbooking I don't know if you ever used to do that do you know you just cut magazines stick things oh yeah still got my leavers book actually and my leavers book is just a huge scrapbook and after I left school I never really thought about collage too much till I went back to uni and I would kind of collage before I would do like a big painting or illustration to kind of get it right and one of our tutors actually turned around and was like what are you doing? This is art itself. So that was really refreshing. And then I think when I do, I have started doing more illustrations and stuff, but I always kind of approach my illustrations with like a collage kind of perspective. Like my drawing is mainly like shapes, colours, arranging them. So that's something that I do. And when you do look at like collage, a lot of the artists do tend to be women. And I don't know why it seems to be such a like a prevalent medium in female artists and that is really something that I love about it. Yeah so I will tell you a little bit about my work so like I said I've done textiles and surface design at uni I've always done screen printing but then I've always mainly focused on textiles and I've done it at college and then I was a little bit rebellious and I just decided that I really didn't want to do textiles at uni 
because my mum didn't exercise at uni. I don't know why. I just like, don't, <laughs> want to do, don't want to do the same thing as my mum. So now I like, moved away to London to do theatre and set design. God knows why I even thought I wanted to do that. And then ended up coming coming back to Hartlepool and doing textile course, which I loved. My personal work now, I do a lot of screen printing when I can get screens exposed. And a lot of, I was doing a lot of digital illustrations just because I had the, my tablet and it was a lot easier to just work on. But I finally got my studio set up properly. And I've now started doing more painted layout and started working on my canvas, which is going to be making a debut at the exhibition, which I'm excited about. I'm so excited about that. I really loved paint. Like, I used to love painting my layouts ready to make them into wallpapers at uni. And it's just, I just love the messy process of it. But now I'm just kind of um, getting back more into textile design because, like, it's where my heart is. And I'm just like... Just need to get back at it because I'm sick of doing digital illustrations. My heart and soul isn't in it. I just kind of was just doing it to make money so I could fund everything else. Yeah, yeah. I feel a bit like that with the digital at the minute because I don't know if you remember Lizzie at uni, my corner of the studio was always like a massive mess with like all the bins and everything out. It's and the I best love part that. of the room though. <laughs> it's like the best place to be. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved it. But like um, Beth says, it's just, it is so much easier digital. And I think there is such a focus on digital illustration, but I totally, I'm ready to push against that now, I think. I mean, the Association of Illustrators, I love all the work featured, but it's like everyone's work is beautiful, but it is, it all looks like it's done by the same people. It's hard yeah. to get noticed and stuff and I mean the whole algorithms with Instagram at the moment I think that's a massive thing that people like us are getting we're getting lost in because especially we were talking about your name the other day where we both like slut mouth I love that tag it's great it's like a back brand that you've built up from scratch but because of the terminology getting like it's not showing off as much in the algorithm so yeah. I think I'm excited about our exhibition to showcase people who aren't getting as seen as much because of the world of algorithms yeah we're living in i think it's why it becomes so important to have this like feedback loop of everyone talking to each other and sharing things because obviously you guys both share in the northeast uk creatives group on facebook and we see stuff frequently from both of you i love i love following your stuff on instagram beth and because obviously you were saying that your, your painting's ongoing um and you are showing like almost speed painting parts of it as it's going and i've loved watching that process every time i'm in my studio painting it's really cool so i'll put my little cardigan on and it just looks like i've been living in my studio (laughs) not getting ready or anything i haven't been to be honest i've been putting fresh pages on every day i am getting a wash but i'm not getting ready (laughs) i thrive in the deadline environment where it's You've got so much going on that you might sacrifice yourself in the bath so you can do more. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a bit like you with the deadline. Like, that's one thing. I think uni kind of institutionalised me, like, because I've never had stress or anxiety until I went to uni. And now I can't get anything done without it. So I have to put myself under stress. And I think finding that balance. I mean, I think most creatives I know struggle with the mental health at some point or other and it is really hard to find that balance between 
you know, I'm stressing myself out to achieve something and I'm stressing myself out and my hair's going to fall out and I'm not going to get yeah. anything. I'm just going to cry in bed. So it is, it's hard to navigate it at the moment. There definitely yeah. seems to be a culture um, of, it's, it's almost a commercial culture of you have to be producing work all the time yeah. and it has to be built to make money and that's its yeah. focus. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things is that there's so much like important artwork and important creativity yeah. ends up getting lost in the mix of all of it. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. Obviously, we need to make money and we need to feed ourselves. But then yeah. it's like you said, Beth, earlier, you were doing the digital because it was making money and you weren't doing what you love. And it, But sometimes, like, sometimes I just treat myself like, I'm just a business and I'm just churning stuff out and I forget that actually like I'm an artist not just a business and like although I do sell things I also need to just paint for myself or do yeah. embroidery for myself and it's it like it like it is finding that balance so isn't it yeah what I love about your work though Beth is that even though it, you probably think you turn out it always seems to have like such an important message I love it I like I really do like everything that you do it always makes you think so I definitely don't think you're one of the people who just are just like commercial selling yourself out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we practiced Graceland that we'd first met each other, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'd painted a mural downstairs for Picasso Baby and loads of other artists were involved. And then upstairs was all your idols on the wall. Yeah. Like, I love Disgraceland as well. We're hoping to do a shoot. We've got like a really fun photo shoot planned hopefully we're going to be doing it in there once we're allowed to um, actually do it and yeah it'll be really exciting for the physical exhibition so i can't wait to start sharing little bits and bobs about that later down the line but we're gonna have so much fun i can't wait and it's gonna, be, know, it's gonna be so good isn't it? yeah we <laughs> like every day I know, I know. we need to do this my desk and then i just seen this little form thing this little form circle from when i was making my rosettes i was like oh I might make that into a little cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that, yeah. It's going to be, I was saying, I was describing it to my boyfriend, because he was saying, what, what's the theme? And I was like, it's going to be like, Riot Girl, Marie Antoinette, three-year-old birthday party. And he was just like, Perfect. Right. <laughs> I like it's it. It's such a good combination. <laughs> I, I just love the, like, the enthusiasm that comes with all of your, all of your projects, because it's not just that your work's really good, but all of the ideas behind it and everything that feeds back into it. Thank you. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's a really powerful and beautiful thing. Whose work has inspired you slash who have your favourite female artists been in the past? Well, my, my, everyone on my list is collage artists, but I do obviously love a lot of illustrators and painters. But I've got a little list. I have sent you guys a couple of the images if you want to look at them. Yes, um, I did see a few. Mary A. Johnson. Yeah. She does collages. I actually sent you her before Beth because she really reminded me of your vulva yeah. work that you've done and she is all about collages using natural dyes so she uses things like turmeric spinach and things like that on on paper and textiles and then she uses like her own photography of like decomposed fruit and I just think that's really interesting from a feminist perspective. I always think of fruit as like a really like female um, symbolism of like fertility and things. And I love the idea of using them like decomposing, showing them all at the different stages. And when you look at the artwork, it's just absolutely beautiful. I've never seen rotten fruit look so 
gorgeous. And then an another one, another collage artist, Kaylee McCann. She makes a lot of like cryptids. So they're all like really fantastical and it seems to be, you know, really Victorian um, decoupage kind of inspired. But also I think there's a real almost Japanese aesthetic to it. And I just love that really delicate feminine work because I'm not a delicate feminine person myself, but I just love that in other people's work. Well, I think you can say things through an image that you don't necessarily present outwardly in character anyway. Yeah, yeah, like totally. Like a lot of the people's work I admire, I think doesn't reflect in my own work at all. But then I'll talk to other people who are like, oh no, I can totally see that. So it's just how you view it. But another great collage artist called Annegret Soltau. I might be pronouncing her surname wrong, so I might have to double check that one. But she does like a lot of embroidery in her collage yeah. yeah I love that again Beth you do a lot of embroidery and stuff into things not not anything that I do at all in my own work but something that I absolutely love and it still inspires me so especially like she cuts out like the faces of like photos of women and then stitches them with one of them I think she's German and one of them it's like a, a mother pass so it's like a mother pass it's like some idea about being a mother so it's all about like the identity and things that are associated with women and whether it's a good thing whether it's not but yeah I love her work some of my artists and I'm looking I've made a list because that like skipped my mind and I'm looking and there is, I haven't even listed any textile artists at all oh you don't have to though because your favorite artists aren't always the ones that do the same things that you do you know so one of the artists is Lara Jensen and she she plays around with identity a lot and she creates these beautiful gemstone, intricate things that go over the face. I'm quite into masks and like balaclavas, as you probably noticed on my Instagram feed. But I really like the idea of um, hiding your identity and it, it, there's something quite feminine around it because obviously like the giant gemstones. So I thought that I'd pop her on my list. Who else? It, there is Kristen Liu Wong, and she does these beautiful illustrations of these powerful warrior type women that just look really strong. And then they'll kind of be in quite feminine room settings with beautiful flowers and wallpapers and drapings and things around them. But then they'll also be in like have like snake tongues and things which are quite interesting to kind of reflect on the idea of Medusa and stuff so yeah popped her on and her use of colour is absolutely amazing like her colours just popping all the time. But Georgia O'Keefe I was massively inspired by her work at university when I was doing loads of um, drawings of different vulvas and creating my wallpapers but she does beautiful paintings of flowers that look very um vulva like and then I've put Sophie Bryant because she she's a painter and she uses colour amazingly and you can I wonder I don't know if she has a textile background I'm not sure but she really like hones in on the textures of like wallpapers and fabrics and things and it kind of looking at her work refreshed me a bit um and it kind of reminds me of the painting that I'm working on at the moment. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I love like going over different artists and seeing the kind of work they produce and then how that like inspires and informs. Because it doesn't always, like sometimes, 
like with you page there's loads of collage artists and it's clear yeah. to see that all of the them then all the collage work that they've done has feed back into your own process yeah. but sometimes obviously it's not as as clear-cut as this medium translates to like doing the same medium i mean my favorite artist of all time is frida Kahlo. yeah i love frida Kahlo, and i feel like that might be a cliche thing to like i was gonna mention that. frida but oh it might be cliche and i don't want to <laughs> she's a fantastic she is fantastic she? though I love her, but um, I do like it's. She's one of those people who've just been so commercialized, and if she was alive today, she would absolutely hate it. So it drives me mad. Like, I see like Frida Kahlo things, and I'm like, immediately, like, oh, I like that. And then I'm like, she would hate it. I can't bring myself to get it, especially with the whitewashing and things. Like, yeah, you know, you it's always so prevalent in things like that like whitewashed and commercialized and and I always think who's getting the money for that as well I mean fair enough if it was an independent business who's done something Frida inspired I might be more tempted to get something but when you see in when you go on into like huge shops and they've got like Frida Kahlo cushions and oh it's so frustrating but she'd had a very troubled like very hard difficult life yeah and I think that's like no one really talks about that and even like more sold now of like pictures of her whitewashed face than prints of her actual art. I was gonna say my favourite set of work that she's produced was actually her diary and I don't know if she ever wanted anyone to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her diary, I think it's fantastic yeah. if you've ever like gone through it all. Yeah. Uh, but again I have no idea whether she ever intended for anyone to see that. Because, I mean, another another artist that I love, who's also no longer with us, was Helen Chadwick. And she used a lot of... She used a lot of everything. She loved flowers and had a lot of flower work. But my favourite thing about her work is that she kept these journals. And it was almost, like, academic in the way that she organised her thoughts and wrote everything down. And so I just... I find it fascinating to see the process of how people get to where they get to. I've got a really good book actually called A Thousand Artist Journal Pages and I always look at that for a lot of inspiration especially with my collage and like some people because I I still like now like every project that I do I have like a sketchbook so this one's like it's just full of clown drawings at the moment because I'm just like some little personal project but I've again and that's from uni even though I hated having to do it at uni and I was like oh god I have to do this and it's really annoying me but now that I've left uni I'm like just naturally doing it and I'm I'm like oh gosh my shoes were right I'm completely the opposite I left uni and was so fed up of doing sketchbooks for 15 years well not 11 years sorry like off the bat all the time that I just rebelled and I was like I'm not doing a sketchbook anymore but now I'm like I need to do a sketchbook because I could see my process like organically flowing my sketchbook has hardly any writing in it. It has like like barely like you know a little like few little labels. That was one thing that I thought was really frustrating in uni is having a the academic side of it. Not because I actually done all right. Like I got a first in my dissertation after getting like fifty percent in all my other written work throughout the year. But as soon as I was allowed to talk about something I actually cared about, I done all right. But I just don't think it's fair on a lot of people who aren't academic and are doing creative like I know a lot of creative people who have dyslexia and things I just think it's letting down a lot of people who 
you know people have chose to do a creative subject because they're creative people not because they want to write about it yeah. if that makes sense I think lockdowns having a huge effect on that because obviously you can't be in the building and you can't work in the way that you've been you've been told you have to work you know because there's a there's a lot of people in over the past two yeah. years are missing out on like huge parts of their education that they've paid for and yeah. even those that haven't paid for their education and they're younger and this is like an essential key point in their creative education and the rest of their education they're just missing out on so much and yeah no it's heartbreaking I know I do I really feel for them especially like when you like I was just saying earlier like when I was at uni I was getting it was just because I was living at home when I was at uni as well and my mom is like just the typical like you have to have a squeegee after you've been in the shower wipe down the the shower and you know like display towels so I couldn't get messy in my own house well I could but I'd get murdered probably <laughs> so that was like my space to like really like let loose and just get all the mess out and I mean I did have the tutors being like well you clean that floor but especially when you are young and you're either living in halls or you're living at home and you're living in a bedroom basically you need that studio space we used like on our course we used to often do little mini crits as well just yeah. off our own back because it's so important just to hear your feedback and like you might be you might have done a piece of work and you just don't think it looks right we used to make do our own little group crits as well because it's just so important to have that feedback from your peers isn't it and they might think of something that you would have never thought in a thousand years definitely I think because we just passively absorb so much around us this is my little life hack at the minute for when I am feeling guilty about doing no work I'm like I'll just watch a film and I'm passively absorbing all that creative material this is what I tell myself but we are we are always doing that so it is if you want in your art to kind of like progress and you know get deeper have some depth I think surrounding yourself with as many different people whether you agree with them or not because you might think I totally disagree with that person so my art's going to be the opposite or you might be like I do agree with that person I want that to be I want to showcase that in my art so whether it's you know negative or bad or good you're still absorbing it and it is important so little life hack if you if you're feeling bad just put a film on and convince yourself you're doing work <laughs> bringing it back to Frida Kahlo again have you seen the Frida Kahlo film I rewatched that late recently and I love it and so if you want something that you're going to passively absorb it was you know it again it's fantastic yeah. to hear about her life and the process of how it gets to where it gets to because I mean creatively she was creating work more for herself than anything else yeah you know bringing it back to what we talked about right at the beginning of how you end up in a loop of having to create things commercially and having to make sure yeah. everything's more accessible to people who are going to give you money yeah. rather than creating for a reason that would maybe socially benefit or emotionally yeah. benefit people or even yourself. I think people don't talk enough about how the fact that she was a disabled woman as well because mm -hmm. that is such a important thing for representation in um, the creative industry. I think a lot of people, it, it doesn't really get talked about too much. I mean, I, I think everyone does kind of know it to an extent, but I think that's a really inspiring thing and... I've been seeing a lot about, you know, disabled people not getting that kind of recognition in a lot of, like, not just the creative industry, but in, in, in like, acting and things. It's only just starting to happen that we're seeing more people on TV. So, yeah, Frida's just 
Right, I mean, she's female, like, minority person who had a disability. She's, you know, she's, like, someone we should all be looking up to. It's amazing. Not just turning her into frigging candles holders. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any female figures or characters that you use in your own work or directly inspire your own work? I absolutely love using like old Renaissance style paintings because they're absolutely drenched in the male gaze and I just want to get it and flip it and be like nah I don't want it. One thing though that I have noticed in my work is because of the kind of matter that I'm using it is pretty much all like you know rich white women that are in my work so that's something I'm kind of trying to address at the moment because I do want to have a bigger representation but I I just love that idea of of taking it back and being like yeah this is this is made for for this woman not to just be ogled but to be a new piece of art I love just twisting things like that are from a time where sexism and misogyny were so prevalent and bringing it contemporary and making it a little bit more girl power. A lot of my female forms are loosely based on myself. When I first started drawing them, it was kind of a way of appreciating myself a little bit more and kind of understanding my body and my sexuality when I first started, like, slut mouth. So a lot... I kind of draw from old photographs of me in like weird poses and things or I literally like get in the bath and dye the bath blue and take photos and then draw from that and stuff and kind of use a weird like collage approach to it where I'm like layering up the ideas and the shapes of things and then I'll draw it out and then I'll paint it out and continue altering it and altering it till it's weird and funky and glitzy and glamorous and in your face and I don't know (laughs) yeah but like all the time I draw female forms I always just think I really just want to be drawing some cats as well because I am the ultimate cat lady as well um so yeah but that's something like I don't know I think I was kind of giving myself a barrier in lockdown I've been removing that and thinking over how I, where I can take it because I was kind of feeling like I'd limited myself even though I didn't have to feel like that. That's the beauty of it isn't it like we're getting we're like growing we're always growing and like changing and evolving and like I used to like really stress myself out at uni because I didn't feel like I had a style even though like anyone else could see that I obviously do and that was really something that I think a lot of us at uni were like stressed out about like finding our style showcasing our style but once you do find your style that doesn't have to be it forever and you can keep like exploring other avenues and you know doing different media you don't have to just be like I'm that person who does collage. I feel like since we've started the Let Us Eat Cake exhibition and planning it all we've been really really in sync yeah. I feel like we're practically connected. Some people are sending like five or six images. So we're going through our list and I'm like, I like this one and this one. And you're like, yep, yep. Oh, like. <laughs> We've made like a spreadsheet so far with like everybody that we really like. And then there's like a couple of artists that were like, we need that collection of three or we need yeah. five. But it's now got to the point where they might probably only going to be able to accept one piece. Yeah, and while we're, we're lost, so we're going to have like hopefully like a little international artist space. Um, 
But like when you're looking at some of the people, it's like, wow, these people want to exhibit with us. This is amazing. We have to shout out Pineapple Black as well for letting us do, we're going to be doing it through their digital exhibition space. Like they said, we could use the digital space and the physical space. And then they've kind of just been egging us on going, we'll paint it pink. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say too much because we've got lots of exciting things planned. So like Pineapple Black and then um, Jane at Disgraceland is going to let us use her space as well, hopefully for the shoe. And um, if we ever get allowed to do like an after party. Both venues have been really integral to me. Yeah. um, starting out slut mouth properly um because i started it when i was at uni as part of my degree show but then it was me getting an exhibition at pineapple black that i'd just seen on curator space and then from then forming a friendship with bobby and then doing the castle baby which is where i found you and that was at yeah there were so many artists and there were so many people doing things now i mean in lockdown it really feels like even though we've all been trapped and confined and unable to do everything that we want to do, um, everyone's just producing work and letting everything go and sharing everything. It's so inspiring as well. I think like living in the North as an artist, a lot of us, like we apply for funding and things and we often get rejected for exhibitions and they're always down South. So now we're all just, we were all just a little bit fed up and decided to start paving the way and doing our own thing. And it's been absolutely incredible. And it's just kind of been a catalyst for loads of other projects for everybody else. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like for me, I left uni and I got a job, straight, like a nine or five straight away working for like not what I want to do. Um, and I've kind of got stuck in it because of lockdown. So I'll... I only planned to be there like a few months and before like the lockdown I was doing like interviews I was getting like some creative job interviews and then that kind of just slowed so I was starting to feel really like trapped feeling again I don't know what it is about us artists we just love like punishing ourselves and being horrible to ourselves I'm like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough yeah I've had like other people like my friends saying oh wow you've done so much work you've done so much work and I I don't see it myself so it's good to be putting on a platform and be able to see the work that we're putting into it it's exciting it's great we'll um, keep an eye out for all the um projects I'm sure they'll be wicked but yeah I think that I think us northerners just have such a strong creative voice anyway do you guys have any comments that you want to add or finish on um, I think that's it but at the minute just one thing that we'd like to plug we're going to have like a little feature on northern female run businesses so if anyone does listen to this podcast and they think of someone or they consider themselves someone that wants to get involved with that that would be really good yeah we're going to be doing um a kind of like the future is female little event where at the exhibition we're going to have a space dedicated to um future female artists or anyone who's got daughters who just love getting messy or making things creating anything it's going to be ages three to 16 and we're just going to be having a display of them and just encouraging them because when I was younger at school we didn't have like kind of anything like that and I think it's it's good to get people creating art and submitting it to exhibitions whether they're just in still in school or in nursery or or like uni or anything just keep exhibiting and then so the female owned businesses call out it's literally going to be making a pamphlet kind of thing that's going to be showcased at the exhibition and that we're going to keep plugging 
just to keep amplifying the businesses that are female run in the northeast so if you know somebody or you are a female owned business send us an email any information that's needed just email us at wildlambxslutmouth at gmail.com and then it's the let us eat cake facebook event yeah i think we're going to be setting up an instagram page just because we've had that much response so we'll probably i think we're going to set up a, a an insta group as well um so we'll let you know as soon as that's up and running as well thank you all so much for listening we'll see you guys next time bye thanks bye thank you